Welcome to another episode of the Strive for 25 podcast, where our team is helping people build their financial freedom. And one of the things we talk a lot about is saving and investing 25% of one's income. And I'm your host, Joel Farrell. And each week we dig into the ways that people are generating more income to be able to save more money and the ways that they are investing that hard-earned dollar. And lastly, the how, how people are making these changes. Because again, we're talking about changes. We're talking about changing behaviors. Let's get into today's content so we can help you on your financial journey towards living a life with the power of choice. Welcome back to another episode of the Strive for 25 podcast. And we are in Kansas City, Missouri, and I've got with me Jason and Niali Sharp. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Oh, man, what a, what a day. What a day. Um, but first off, two entrepreneurs that are active, Jason, active, active, duty, active duty military. Well, I'm being activated. I'm in the National Guard. National Guard. Okay. Yep. Being activated. Mm-hmm. Real estate, got a lounge, wrote books. We got a lot to dig into. And I just can't wait to dig in. Having you both here is really important because I think when you talk about elevating and doing things, you know, outside of your current kind of nine to five job or whatever that may be, and having a family and kids, it takes so much coordination and so much, you know, purpose and be on the same page to be able to navigate all the things to to double time to get time back and you know down the road. So, um, man, where do we begin? Where do we start? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know we're, we're, I guess, I'm technically a transplant to Kansas City, uh, out of Chicago, and. When I met when I met my wife here, Nayeli here in Kansas City, we kicked off uh, immediately in terms of how can we grow? What can we do? Yeah, uh, how can we build our empire? Is what, mm-hmm. what yeah. we thought. And and so you know, my uh, how how long ago was that? I, I moved here in 2017. Okay, and uh, met Nayeli in 2019, and we uh, we just hit it right away. Uh, you know, I, I actually wasn't back in the military at that time. Uh, I didn't rejoin until 2020, uh, just because of the love of the uniform. I I love to serve. That's part of my blood. I just I have to. Uh, and and you know, we we immediately just kicked off. Hey, what can we do to take over as much as possible? Right. And my and my, my thought process uh, has always been. How can I figure out every way to make money while we sleep? Right, like literally wake up and we can monitor all the overnight book sales, the over, you know everything. Right, and I was constantly putting those thoughts together. So, so I think that's kind of what how we hit it off initially is when we first met. We were both doing Airbnb back in the day, back in probably mm. before COVID, right? Mm. Um. So that before kinda, the craze, before yes. the COVID craze, yes, 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 yeah, and and you know because I was consulting already, and 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 again, you know, thinking of ways to break free, right? I mean, I think everybody's looking for that. How can you break away from the? Uh, we'll you know, we'll call them chains. We we'll call them the, you know ties to corporate America, uh, you know, and 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 build wealth, and and by wealth. You know, I, I I don't mean necessarily money in the bank. I think when we when you know for us, and I think for a lot of people out there, it's about time, 
right? Like having a, you know time available to do whatever you want. And so when you talk about building wealth, it's you're building opportunities again. Make money while we sleep, so we have more time to spend with our kids, more time to spend with each other, and do those things as opposed to you know working twelve hour days, which of course we still do as entrepreneurs, but <laughs> but it's different, right? Because you know we know that that sweat equity will pay off for us down the road. That's why we're okay with that kind of investment. So to kind of break things down for, for the audience, to kind of get an understanding of what all you guys are doing kind of from a day-to-day and what's what's working. So you mentioned book sales, for example, right? Um, you're working and you know, what, what are the exact things that, you're, that you have going on right now? Sure. Well, uh, we both still work full-time jobs. Uh, I, you know, again, I, I'm part-time military until I'm activated here in a few months. Uh, but um, we both still work full-time jobs. And, you know, I've been in government. I've been in uh, the, the weapons industry for quite a bit of time. I spent a lot of years here at the Kansas City National Security Campus where I managed nuclear weapon programs. And I was recruited to manage the... Um, uh, Columbia class submarine program, which is the replacement program for the Ohio class sub that's currently fielded. So I've always been involved in some sort of government work. And Nayeli, uh, I'm a nephrology nurse, uh, 13 years now, gone by really quick. Um, <laughs> Part time, we do a lot of small scale real estate. You know, like like he was saying, something to make money while we while we sleep, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, we, we so so that that's our full time gigs, if you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And ideally, all of that uh, flips. We don't do that anymore, right? Ideally, we we continue to focus and on what we have going on, which is uh, what we love, what makes our heart sing. And so, you know, we 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 own multiple homes, and uh, you know, those are all rented out, which is the equity that we used to invest in starting a business and writing this book. So we uh, initiated this, I mean, I guess I started writing the book probably in 2017, actually. I remember I was on the train uh, coming from Chicago. Uh, and so, so you know, the, the, the real estate uh, investments have helped us, right, build the equity and be able to pull the cash out and, and continue to use that to invest and and buy new properties. And so we just bought a commercial property uh, in, in Westport where our lounge is. So, um, you know, that, that, that's not going to stop. I, you know, Nayeli is, is on the real estate. So I, I really am not. That's her lane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and she's really good at that. That's, you know, like managing the renters, managing all of, of the, the leases and, and those kinds of things. That's really not my lane. I, I buckled down and wrote the book because I wanted to put our story out there uh, my, my story and, you know, we, we, you know, we wanted to, to use that just as a, uh, as a platform to, to just be heard. Uh, and we've initiated work on Nayeli's book. book yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it is hard, you know, with, you have kids and, you know, we have a seven month old and a almost three year old, but, uh, so my book is going to be about, um, working during the pandemic in New York, New Rochelle. But, uh, mm-hmm. that, that's to come soon. Yeah, she, she was deployed to New Rock, which is the epicenter uh, just outside of New York where the whole shit show started. 
and and I actually had to go and get her uh, because uh, uh, she would have kept she would have stayed, you know. And 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 I remember. I mean, first what few weeks you were there, she was uh, managing the uh, semi trailers, uh, you oh, know, yeah, of, so. of the deceased, right? And yeah, so that's kind. Of, that's one of the first things I saw when I went up to New Rock. Is you know, you get your you volunteer to go up there and you don't know what to expect. And the first thing I walked up to in that hospital was a big old semi trailer um, just mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, they were pushing the bodies in. So definitely it was an experience and uh, I, I love nursing. And uh, like I said, I've done it for 13 years. But um, now, you know, this is. Yeah, we're, we're shifting. We're shifting right? a little bit. So I, I, I got I, I to I ask this question. Yeah. I mean, when you're in the moment, you see that semi. I mean, what's going through your mind? Do you, do you have doubts of, hey, am I ever gonna, am I gonna make it back? To oh, home? absolutely, yeah, yeah, you do, and you know, you you don't know what you're going into. Even when I was here, and you know, me and Jason were sitting on the couch, and you know, I'm telling him that I'm getting ready to go up there. You know, you you think about New York and how many people mm-hmm. there is up there. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what to expect. I. You hear about how it was just, you know, no one was out. That that and that's how it was. What, yeah. M- what what month and day did you get there? Because um, March I, was when things went down, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so I got there April, the okay. day before Easter. So my first day okay. in the New Rock Hospital was mm-hmm. Easter when I went in. Yeah. So April twenty twenty. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and I I'd, I'd sit at home and you know all I could do is listen. Because you, you, you may not even remember some of this, but uh, some nights she'd just call and it's just tears. You know, patients are dying and, you know, people are just struggling, right? And so that's, you know, it was like late May. I can't quite remember, honey, but it was yeah, about it was late May that I decided to uh, hop a flight. And I literally remember it's like five people on this flight to New York, right? <laughs> and we had the whole plane <laughs> to ourselves. And... Uh, yeah, and I and and I remember. Surprised me. Yeah, I did surprise you, and I. It was literally like a scene out of I Am Legend. You know, Will Smith's I Am Legend. Mm-hmm. It was just a ghost town. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, we, yeah, we literally. You know, you drive around, and it was a dead zone. I uh, remember the first thing I did when I got there. I I was able to rent a vehicle, and uh, I'm driving around trying to get to find my hotel. And I tell Jason, I go, you know, there's no one out here. It's just it's empty. Like like mm-hmm. you said, like I Am Legend, and. He's like, you need to get somewhere safe. Like, there's people out there that can mug you. Yeah, and- I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> go, go to your hotel. Go, you know, get off the streets. You know, people are are desperate right now. Yeah. So, and you know, it, it was a, it was a tough time, but that's exactly. You know, and I I remember convincing, because when I think about my book, which it, title? Eyes wide open, learning to suffer. Okay. And it is, you know, it's it's essentially a a, a, a memoir. Uh, if you will, but it, it, it's it's told anecdotally through the stories of my life, right? And because uh, I come from a pretty, we'll say, interesting past. I grew up on the streets. I grew up eating out of dumpsters. You know, my my father spent my life in prison. My mother was a crackhead. You know, we we grew up really rough. And of all the things that I've experienced in my life, the most cathartic experience I've ever had in terms of healing was writing this book. And that's why I suggested and I encouraged and I continue to encourage. And, and she finally bit and began writing uh, because I, I think that it, it will 
bring about that healing that you don't even know you need sometimes. Uh, but it, but it's also just a way to get your story out there and continue to to promote our brand and continue to help people grow and help people, you know, really, you know, you know, try to make choices that are intentional about growing their lives. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that you know really encouraged me to write Jason mainly, but uh, we were actually looking at a building for Sherry's. And um, it was one of the bankers that um, she, you know, she looked us up uh, to kind of learn a little bit about us. And, um, you know, she she read about my experience in New York. And uh, I was like, you know, yeah, people do want to hear about it and, mm-hmm. and know what happened up there. And Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was what yeah, really so, encouraged us. And Yeah. So, so you know, there there is like there is a, a, a portion of our business where I continue to coach and mentor and exec. I'm, I'm an active uh, executive coach on contract with UMKC here for the block school. Um, Nayeli will be here soon, actually, uh, on contract with UMKC as a uh, uh, executive coach for them. And so th- this part is just, you know, because we enjoy helping people grow, right? So as we, as we were growing, though, right, we're thinking, what else can we do? And we were thinking about properties and thinking about new ways to grow. And I love a really good cigar. So I, you know, I figured, well, so actually how this started is <laughs> before I met Nayeli, I was the back of my home, which was my home only at a time before we all moved in and, you know, merged. I had retrofitted, if not retrofitted, I've, I renovated, I mean, like $30,000, the entire backside of my house to just be able to smoke inside. <laughs> okay. And, 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 and I, you know, I don't smoke every day. I, I love a good, you know, but I really wanted to just have a space year round I can smoke in. So I said, man, you know, I said, honey, you know, I, 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 I smoke, if, if I'm going to smoke a cigar a day, we should just, we should just do it in our own lounge. Yeah. So why don't we, you know, if we're going to invest in the next property, because that's what happened, right? She continues to press me and says, well, what's next? What's the next property? Where's, where do we want to buy? What do you want to do? Yeah, this is this is the first, and yeah. we I have a lot of we have great ideas of where where to continue. Yeah, where's sure. the next one, right? And so then I and that's when we you know I came up with the concept of a of a of a cigar lounge. It was her idea to call it Sherry's, named after my my mother, my late mother, uh, you know who who struggled in life but loved her tobacco, and and so you know we 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 have a lot of friends in the tobacco industry. We love. Um, you know, we, we, we really do love the the lifestyle. And we and we, we, we think, I mean, come on, world wars have ended over a cigar, you know. So we we really uh, took off with that concept and committed. And that's that's really where I think people have to make that choice. Well, committing and taking the risk that's tied into that. So I wanna stop there for a second because you have this idea. You decide together, we're going to go do it. But I'm assuming with kind of the lead-in with some of the other things you've been doing in terms of real estate and other things and building, planting seeds, that mm-hmm. equity build-up was able to you know, leverage you to be able to have access to be able to do things down the road. So let's back up. So what, what year did you guys say, hey, let's go do this? What, what year did you decide, let's do it? The cigar concept? Cigar, or? yeah. About like, a year ago. About a year ago. started. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
And so at that point in time, how many properties did you own collectively? Four. Yeah. Four. Properties. Okay. So so primary residence and then three, three rentals. rentals. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. here in this area or any, anywhere else? So there's one one in out. southwest Kansas, where is that's where I'm from originally. Okay. What what, what country is that? I'm sorry. <laughs> southwest Kansas. <laughs> so I'm a farm girl. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah, so Southwest Kansas is probably seven hours away from here. It's in the corner of It's literally Southwest. on the border yeah. of Colorado, Oklahoma, and Kansas. Okay. Mm-hmm. Way down there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so we, we have one down there, and then... Yeah, and uh, the rest are here. Yeah. Yeah. So the, you had a property that you, that you had you know, before you guys met, mm-hmm. and then, you know, when did you get your first property? Was it down there? It was down there, yeah. Okay, so you bought uh, so, as a primary residence yeah, originally? Yeah, originally. Okay. Since then, you know, just I've been renting it out and then... Uh, how long How long ago did you buy it? Gosh, it would have had to have been probably in 2000. Yeah, so 2000. A long, yeah. long, long time, time ago. ago. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, it's still a beautiful home. You know, it is, and, yeah. A nice corner property, uh, great tenants. Yeah, we've we've been very lucky. Yeah, I mean, really great tenants. So, so so then, when was the next property you purchased? So when I moved up here to Kansas City, um, I transferred up here for a job promotion, bought my next home here. Yeah, so that was two thousand and seventeen. Okay, and then you know she ended up. Well, you know when we met. We had a lot to talk about in terms of, well, okay, not, well, no, it was more about, you know, okay, well, do I move in with you? Do you move in with me? What do we do with this house? What do we do with that house? And then, and I, and we considered selling, right? Like we really did because uh, the market was actually, we would have made a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, and we decided, no, let's figure out ways. The key is, you know, being able to have six months worth of, if somebody doesn't rent, we got to pay for six months, right? Mm-hmm. And everything else, and where we're living, and right. And so we decided, no, we really should not sell anything. Yeah, we we looked at different homes, mm-hmm. and um, you know, we we love the Brookside area. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's that's where we're located at. And so, for people that aren't familiar with Kansas City, so if I'm looking at downtown Kansas City, which mm-hmm. direction am I going for for that area? So s- south, south yeah. of the plaza, okay, so clo- close by the plaza. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're in walking mm-hmm. distance of a lot of different things, um, which yeah. is what we love. Okay. Um, yeah, we we love our neighborhood, and you know, I, I like to describe you know our neighborhood, but also Kansas City, uh, and I say this a lot, honey. So this mm-hmm. isn't new, but. You know, I like to describe it as, uh, you know, chock full of Midwestern values, but with a hint of Southern charm. And we have, you know, the Brookside area, it's uh, a bridge between, uh, you know, East Kansas City uh, and West Kansas City, if you will, I think. I think think Brookside really is sort of a bridge. Uh, So you have every walk of life imaginable, uh, every kind of person, every kind of personality, and, and... you know, we have we have neighbors that are watchdogs, and we have neighbors <laughs> that will yell at us, and we have neighbors that are college students, and we have you know, so we we really do enjoy it. Yeah. So, for people out there that have never owned a house, right, and some people that have owned a house, you know, I talk about this. Uh, some people, in terms of like, I've bought multiple properties along the way, and each time I bought a property as a primary residence, I 
kept the old one and turned it into, into a rental. And I always on this channel called the stair step method. And people that I know that I went to high school with, the people that I know that you know mm-hmm. from growing up, like they don't own rentals. Every time they bought a house, they sold the previous one mm-hmm. and then bought the new one. And everything was just everything's simple and easy. And kind of that, you know, something wanting something more out of life. And hey, I know some people, so many people that have a good job and make good money and they have their 401k. And mm-hmm. but what if there's a major crash, you know, that happens and all your money's in one basket, you know, and there's no diversification mm-hmm. there. And so it's not right for everybody. But the biggest, uh, you know, question mark that comes up from somebody that wants to buy that next house and wants to keep the old one is, well, what do you do? How do you, do you have the money saved up for the next down payment? Do you have to access the equity? For down payment on the new one, do you do a HELOC? Do you, or do you have to sell to buy the new one, the next one? So, like for your situation, when you bought the and moved up here, did you have the cash saved? Did you have to tap into equity? Or how, how did you how did you make that transition? So, you know, I had been in that house in Southwest Kansas for some time. I I didn't tap into it. That was definitely an option. I had, you know, a lot of equity built into it. Uh, but uh, so I saved, uh, you know, I've been a nurse for 13 years, so definitely saving helped me. And then I was able to purchase my next home. But um, I think you have several options that you can that you cool. can do. Um, you know, if you yeah. if you, you know, just by keeping your your day job until until <laughs> we don't have to anymore. You know, you know right. sa- sa- saving and and being really intentional and conscious about your spending. And this is where we all struggle, and I struggle too, because I love a good bottle of wine. Well, my wife says, "Look, you got to stop buying that wine. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta go buy, go buy the box wine for a little while, and you know, you'll see. It'll save you like four grand this year. Right? <laughs> Seriously, right? Uh, but you know, it, it's a risk. I think it's a, I think it's a question and a conversation about risk and what you are comfortable with, right? And being so, you know, you, you got to sit down and you have to do the math. You have to sit down and you have to look at your finances. You have to look at your income. And you go, okay, well, can I sustain a six-month hit? Right? We just had this conversation because we're getting a new tenant. And so it's like, ooh, all right, let's do the math. Do we have six months? Can we do this? Because we just bought this other property, right? So we're like, oh, man, wait, we have a lot going on. So now the renters are moving out. So we go, let's sit down, let's do the math and figure out what do we have two months to find a, a, a new lease or do we have six months or eight months? What really do we have? Uh, and, and that's where I, I really think people uh, should focus is communicating with their partners, whether it's their business partner or, you know, their life partner and figuring out what level of risk you're willing to take. But you have to take risk if you want to grow. You have to. If you don't, it's just not happening. You're just, you're, you're just stuck in the mud there. So. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. one one thing that you know we, me and him discussed a lot about just with opening Sherry's. You know, Jason would always say, "Are you ready? Are you ready to do this?" <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and, so anytime it was like more than a thirty thousand dollar decision, right? It's like, "Oh, uh, you sure? You ready? Because we're about to sign this." <laughs> so, and yeah. I've I've always been very optimistic, and you know, um, my dad's always you know just just shown me that uh, you have to take risks if you want to do big things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we were able to take a lot of that money from our rentals and then put it into Sherry's. And mm-hmm. But that r- taking on risks also is the diligence and energy you put into preparing, mm-hmm. to budgeting, to making the income, focusing all the things you have to focus on. 
it's not just the one decision. It's all the work that leads up mm-hmm. to the decision. And so h- how does the business operate right now? How, what's the structure? Who's all involved? And or is it all yeah. done by somebody else? The, the Sherry's. Yeah. So, so Sherry's. So Nayeli and I own Sherry's and we have one employee and it's our bro- my brother. Uh, we have a lot of contractors and people that do stuff for us. We have partners. But my brother Jesse tends to manage the day-to-day in terms of sales, the website, social media, marketing, that stuff. Uh, he does a lot. And right, right now, though, you know, in terms of the actual legal side, uh, you know, from insurance questions, you know, the fire department that was at the <laughs> building a couple of days ago, you know, those kinds of things, that's mostly Nayeli and myself. Uh, it is shifting it is shifting to largely, I'll say, almost all Nayeli and not me because I'm being activated and leaving. And so I'm trying to, I'm trying to be more and more hands-off on, you know, for example, figuring out cigar sales, figuring out you know, w- w- you know, ways to move product, right? Different creative ways to move product. And, and I, I was very heavily involved in that previously, but I've had to wash my hands of it and say, look, it's just you, Naomi, and Jesse now. And we can't afford to hire anybody right now. To, to, we don't need to. We're doing, you know, we're doing fine. So, um, you know, right now I'm focusing, me personally, primarily on the renovation of the space. Uh, and then Nayeli is focusing largely on the renovation, but also the marketing, the branding, you know, the... the Growth. Partnerships, yeah. Like, yeah. where can we partner? Uh, you, you know, we're, we're, our cigars are sold across Kansas City uh, at, at, like, Mike's Wine and Spirits, which is a local favorite, Gomer's, which is a local favorite, and she's partnering with others. And we're partnering here, right, like, even at this space. Mm-hmm. They, they sell cigars here. They have cigar uh, I- events every week. And so, you know, we're, we're partnering with everyone we can to you know, expand and grow uh, and and really, you know, just brand recognition across Kansas City is the, is the, is Nayeli's primary focus right now. Yeah, and eventually, you know, we would like to expand. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you said you're from St. Louis, so mm-hmm. I've been looking at a few different places there that I'd like to definitely collaborate with. Yeah, yeah, but um, that's that's, that's awesome. our goal. That you know to definitely yeah. yeah the the space versus the. I guess you call it uh, merchandising or, uh, you know, retail selling. Like what's, if I walk into the space right now, what am I going to see? Is there a, is a lounge open that can it's, sit down there or no? No, it is okay. completely under renovation. Okay. So we, we are very few uh, tobacco retailers sell online because it's a lot of red tape and a lot of licensing and a lot of permitting. We are one of those few though. So we do right. sell online right now and we can ship. And so, you know, we, we actually brand our own boxes. We do everything uh, in-house. And so, th- so right now, uh, you know, the large part of, I would say, the vast majority of revenue is coming from the online sales or sales at events. For example, we were just at the RK Gun Show here in KCI Expo Center uh, where, I mean, we just, we did really well. <laughs> Let's just say that. And so, you know, Guns want. and cigars. <laughs> they just go together, right? So, uh, you know, but uh, if, you know, here, I, I think December 2nd is our target date oh, right wow. now. So we're around the corner. We're around the corner, yeah. yeah. And uh, Does that we, also come with alcohol or not alcohol? So 
that's it's very challenging in Kansas City. You okay. can't have a liquor license and a tobacco license at the same address. Okay. Uh, at least if you're going to smoke indoors, right? So you know you think about you know, the winter time. Those that are uh, cigar connoisseurs and really enjoy a good smoke, right? It's it's ten degrees out even in Kansas City sometimes. They don't want to go and sit in the snow or the rain or the and smoke a cigar, right? They want to go to a lounge. So we have uh, options, and those options we've explored completely. Nayeli's idea uh, is a mocktail bar, which we will serve. Very, you know, it's a great idea. Uh, but we also have uh, it is BYOB, so there are lockers available. You know, which is you know, the vast majority of cigar lounges offer their patrons to bring their own bottles. And then there's a mobile, uh, mobile bar services that are here in Kansas City that we're partnering with mm-hmm. that uh, you know, come and park in front of our lounge and go buy a drink, guys. It's right there. <laughs> you know? So, uh, and yeah, exactly, right? Because we, we, you know, St. Louis, you can. St. Louis, mm-hmm. there are lounges that, have, that sell you know, drinks and cocktails uh, and cigars, and you can smoke inside, but that's not the case here in Kansas City, at least Kansas City proper. There are some other options out there. But, uh, so we, we are looking more into yeah. it, but I think there's some, some other ways that we could possibly offer, like if we do events. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so anytime we, we run an event, we can get a special license. We can, you know, we, 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 we can sell, if, if you were to come in and you bought this specific cigar, we can tell you it comes with this drink. There you go. Right. Uh, we can't sell you this drink. As eight ninety nine drink, whatever, right? So okay. you're saying I can walk in there and buy that cigar, and then it comes with a drink, right? Right, and and so we we can give away booze all day long. <laughs> I mean, that's and to to our yeah. members uh, yeah. that have like VIP memberships, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, depending yeah. on the level, uh-huh. that's something that can be included in their memberships. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Yeah. Which is exactly what we do, actually. So if okay. you're if you're a VIP member. Uh, we're offering an open bar Tuesdays and Thursday nights and a mimosa bar on Sundays. Uh, first come, first serve until the supplies run out. So we, we can give away booze for days, right? Like that's a non-issue. <laughs> As it stands yeah. right now, not to shout out somebody else, <laughs> but like who, who's who got a place that you say, yeah, this is a great place to go check out that's similar or not similar? In, in, in Kansas City? In Kansas City, yeah. So there's a lot of great lounges in Kansas City. Uh, yeah. So there's some historical lounges that have been around for quite some time. There's Fidel's in Westport, uh, great uh, cigar lounge. They have a really nice selection. Uh, they are a bit of a smaller space, so it's a little more intimate, uh, but uh, very friendly, very awesome staff. But they uh, and, and, and they partner with the restaurants that are around them, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but they offer glasses and they offer ice, and so you bring your own bottle and you can you can pour cool. yourself a drink. Cool. Uh, there are others here in Kansas City like Diebel's. Uh, Diebel's, I would say, probably has the most amazing, probably, selection of cigars in Kansas City. Like, literally huge, right? Uh, but their their lounge, which is quite elegant, very, very nice, it's quite small. It's very tight. It's very so small. So massive space. selection, yet the space is it's, not as... It's just... It's, it's nice. Okay. It's just, you know, five people, and it starts to get oh, uncomfortable. Six people, okay. and you're running out, you know... Um, and, and then there, there is a newer lounge, uh, in Kansas city up in Strawberry Hill called the shop. Uh, that is a really nice space. Uh, the owners, 
Um, we're we're working on partnerships with them. They, uh, you know, they had they had. I mean, they, they, this is the same concept, right? Like let's, partnerships in in what sense? Well, we don't quite. Neither of us know yet. <laughs> we just know we want to be friends. We'll say all that, right, right? All right. Fair enough. Right? Do, do some business yeah. together. Right. Well, that, that's kind of the reason why I asked the question about what's out there because I, I would imagine that it's a relationship kind of a business. Absolutely. And, and business gets done mm. in these settings between people that know yeah. each other, right? And absolutely. Like I have, I have, I will be the first to say you should go to Diebel's. You should go to this place if you're looking for this. You should, if you want a hundred person party, you should go to the shop, right? If you want, right? Like we're, yeah. that's, that's, that's how you operate, right? I mean, we, we, we believe same team, same fight. We're trying, we're all in this <laughs> together and we all can't offer the same kinds of things. Uh, and, and so we're, we're, uh, you know, we're trying to be that kind of friend, that kind of neighbor, that kind of business partner. Uh, they're entrepreneurs just like mm-hmm. us, you know, have families and mm-hmm. yeah. Do, but yeah, do there's the same a, thing. There's a meme out there. I can't remember who it was about, but like, you know, people, competitors, you know, the people that aren't the top 1%, you know, people down here, you know, are fighting fighting each other over whatever business. And the people that are at the top, they're all collaborating. Even though they're competitors, they're collaborating yeah. at the top. Yeah. It's just a different mindset. Yeah. yeah. You, you need to. You're not going to get anything done if, if you don't collaborate and partner and recommend, right? Like, we, I, I will be the first to send someone here to Bliss Books and Wine. It's like, go. Uh, you know that's you know we're we're not like that we're not in the business of bad mouthing anyone. We're not in the business yeah. of okay you know there's some competition, but come on there's what is it uh, the latest statistics seven hundred million cigars are sold every year in the in in the, in the world for the, for the most part globally. We're just tapping into a small bit of that. Yeah, and you know there's no need to we don't think there's no need to to be cutthroat. Right. What what's the one or two things that stand out that that you can say, hey, I know this is going to work because of X, Y, Z benefit or idea or, you know, value add or something different that's going to separate you guys from the rest? I will say the first thing is um, geographical location. I think the neighborhood that we chose does crave a space like that. Our space is going to be probably one of the largest spaces in Kansas City, except for some outlying suburbs like Overland Park, uh, which, you know, when you when you talk to those in the city here that enjoy a good cigar and enjoy a nice space, they need space to spread out. They crave space to spread out. They want to bring three, four, five people and not feel like, Gosh, there's nowhere to sit. There's nowhere to talk or hang out. Uh, you know, and we think too that uh, you know being able to offer. Yes, we'll have BYOB. They could bring their bottles and whatnot. Being able to to uh, have an open bar for VIP members to bring their guests, come and sit down and pour a drink and not worry, just sit and relax and have the elbow space uh, to, to be comfortable to talk about business partnerships and new ideas and napkin ideas, right, <laughs> and, and so forth. So, I mean, that, that, that's what I think out the gate, uh, oh, location and, and, and space. So just to add a little bit more 
on location. So we are located right by Kansas University, um, where where I actually went to school at. Um, but you know, there's like Jayhawks. Jayhawks, yeah. <laughs> well, in Kansas City. In yeah. Ca- oh, yeah. you you are in Kansas City. No, no, no. You're right. KU. Jayhawks. KU. KU Jayhawks. Yeah. Okay, so they have a University campus. of Campus. They have a campus, campus. here in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Yes, because so, they're in where are they in? They're in Lawrence. They're in Lawrence. Lawrence. Okay. The main. So, okay. okay. The so medical school. Okay. We are we are right next to the medical school. So when you think about a hospital, you know you have physicians, nurses, um, you know corporate that they they do want a space to unwind. You know, um, and one thing Jason is really good at is. Is hosting. Um, he he's, I love he, to host. he does love to host. <laughs> love um, to host. He, so, and, and he's a people person. You know, he likes uh, making people feel comfortable, feeling I welcome. Do. Yeah, I, I think those are the big things. I mean, we, we, you know, when, when you when you talk about service, most cigar lounges, uh, you're, you're on your own. Right? You buy a stick and you're on your own. Right. Our, our goal is to educate. Right. A lot of people are nervous. They don't know what kind of cigar they're buying. They don't know the first thing. They don't know how to cut. You know, and, and those that are seasoned, of course, it's, hey, you do you. Go behind the bar. Go grab my – go. you know, you don't need my permission to go behind the bar. You're a member. Go. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we, we do plan to be highly engaged with every single customer in order to grow, right, the base of those that do enjoy a good cigar. Uh, because people are afraid, and you know, we we really want to be, you know, the base of women that are smoking cigars nowadays. Not saying you know, we're talking about cigarettes or anything, but the base of women is growing hugely. Really, uh, and we actually just uh, we partnered with a uh, uh, some very good friends of ours in Chicago. Their their business is called Puros BDL, and. They have a really amazing what they call what we now call lady stick, and uh, you know some people may disagree or agree, but that's just you know it's a lady stick is what uh, it's known for at least in Chicago, and it's a uh, you know it's a flavored cigar that is somewhat smaller, easier to smoke, and a lot of fun. Uh, so we're all, we've just, all kinds of flavors. Yeah, too. and we just introduced cool. that to our line. Uh, it's online right now, um, and. They went and, off the show. And where would people go online? They go to our website, uh, sherryslounge.com. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sherryslounge.com, pretty straightforward. Easy. And we, uh, you know, you can, you can find us on Facebook. And, you know, pretty regularly, I will say, we, we, we offer, you know, we always put out new discount codes and things of that nature on Facebook mostly. And then we're giving all the updates on our renovation on Facebook as well. So okay. you can see the space. What about Instagram, TikTok? Uh, Instagram is out there. TikTok, no. Okay. But uh, a lot of it's on Facebook. Facebook yeah. and Instagram okay. uh, mostly. I cool. say we're not on LinkedIn, not as Sherry's Lounge. Uh, we are on LinkedIn. Tell them about the, the branding. Tell them where we got this one. and Well, uh, the yeah, the Sherry's brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the DR. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I kind of mentioned it earlier. Yeah, uh, but not on here. Yeah, <laughs> the the name uh, Sherry's. The idea of naming the lounge was Nayeli's, the name after my mother, my late mother. Uh, who, you know, her name was Cheryl, but everybody called her Sherry. And so we uh, we had multiple concepts developed for the logo itself for the brand, which is basically an S, uh, and you can kind of see it a little bit better with the. You know, uh, oh, yeah. 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 it's it, it's an S, 
uh, with someone smoking a pipe and a beard that really basically looks like my brother right now. <laughs> so, and, you know, we, we had a lot of uh, conversation about, well, it's called Sherry's, but it's a guy smoking a pipe. And, and so, you know, in a hat, which is mm-hmm. literally looks just like my Brother my Jesse. brother Jesse, big, big beard, yeah, big uh, huge big, beard. Yeah. I mean, okay. it's ridiculous. Like okay. you should, okay. like you gotta take a, a a metal detector wand to that thing <laughs> and go, you know, uh, and and so we, you know, but we settled on it because we we really we really thought that uh, well, and and Nayeli mostly as the creative genius there, that it would appeal uh, to every every kind of person that um, you know wants a uh, a space like that, uh, whether you're, you know. Doesn't matter who you are. If you're a smoker, and you love a good cigar, you can come and see us. And and we think that that brand will appeal. The DR, which uh, I believe is right there, uh, the Don Rigo. So that uh, so first of all, the sherry is 100% Puerto Rican tobacco with a viso seco leaf. So all hand rolled in Puerto Rico. The DR is a barber pole leaf. A bar pole wrapper, which is uh, you can kind of see it if you look really closely. It kind of looks like a bar pole, right? That's half Puerto Rican, half Dominican seco leaf. And uh, the DR is the Don Rigo, which is uh, named after Nayeli's late father, uh, who who passed this year uh, yeah, in, in January. In, in January, but it immediately gave us the idea to have a founding cigar uh, in, in his name, and that's mostly because, and I mean, it's the dual personality. I still say. I, yeah. I, I still, you know, I think that that's very true. He he was a very intense man. Uh, I have many stories I'll share someday. Uh, <laughs> Not today. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy to share any of your, you know, but uh, I have many stories. Very intense man, uh, but also very emotional man. Like I've seen him, you know, sit there. I mean, and he, f- to, I literally could watch him fall in love with his grandkids. Just you could watch it. But then on the other hand, it's like, I will shoot you dead. <laughs> Protective father kind of thing. <laughs> you know, so. so that's where the barber pole. Yeah, that's where the barber pole comes in. That's the dual personality. And, you know, we're, we're, we, we really love our cigars. They're great. And we're going to continue to grow our line. But we will, of course, offer mainstream brands. I, I want to get back into the book process yeah. in a second. But I have uh, some questions in terms of, there, I know somebody specifically that's in a different state that, is in the process of trying to build their own lounge mm. um, in, in a major city. So from that perspective, you know, if you were to give advice to somebody going down this path specifically, just as an example, um, what advice would you give to somebody that wants to build their own lounge like this? Well, uh, and you tell me if you want to kick it off, honey. Okay. I. It, it took us a while. It yeah. took us about a year. You know, we thought the process was going to go a lot quicker, but definitely – you know, do your due diligence and research. Yeah, it's the red tape, right? Mm-hmm. So before you even spend the dollar, like understand what the red tape is for real. Like all of the licensing licensing and the requirements and licensing know, with the city, the city that you're gonna be operating out the of the state. The state the taxes and how it all happens, where you know, where where who you have to pay taxes to. Like if you're in a specific neighborhood in Kansas City, your taxes might be actually a little bit higher uh, in, in our case, right? So this could be the case for anybody else in St. Louis, anywhere else. Mm-hmm. If there's a tourist zone that's been designated and it's a three-block zone, you might have a higher tax rate. So like really do your diligence to Nayali's point 
that's probably the the first cigar you sold. Was it in hand? Was it online? Was it in a shop? Like, what was the first one? Or, or can event, you talk, can you talk about it? Are you able to talk about it? Yeah. Was it was it at an event? I think it was. I think that was, was the it? first cigar sold. Yeah. We were at. Uh, we had just launched. And we trying were, to get our name out there. Yeah, and we were still struggling with the online sales because there's. So we're considered uh, a high risk business. Right. So since, since it took us eight, maybe nine months to be able to sell a cigar online. From when you said, I want to do this until you could, mm-hmm. you could do it with the red tape. Yep, nine, nine months minimum. It was insane. And that's just because it, of the approval process that it takes. Work, 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 wait. Work, 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 wait. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, so yeah, it was at an event. We had found, uh, you know, we said, okay, well, let's get our brand out there. So Nayeli's idea, not mine at all, because I just don't think that way. She's like, well, you know what we got to do? We got to go and we got to go and post up at events. If we can't sell online, we have to sell our product somewhere. As our, so you're waiting for this nine months. It's like, okay, let's go do something. Uh, yeah, and not okay. just that, but we're also trying to figure out the property and we're trying to figure out the actual space, right? So, so you had already so purchased we were space. We were in negotiations. Okay, that due diligence. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we're trying to keep our employees. and We're trying to build, you know, still, like, bring. how can we bring money in? Yeah. And that's where the events came in. And so we've been doing events, like, nonstop. And that's really where we sold our first cigar, and uh, it just kept going. Kept on going. Okay. okay. So I'm going to stop right there. Mm-hmm. So how, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. How much capital range would somebody need? Talking start a brand, red tape, all, all, all the approvals. And then also we're talking about mm-hmm. a building and renovating. How much capital is needed? So for, for a cigar business, mm-hmm. uh, it, I mean, it certainly depends. But uh, if you want to have a space... And you can, if, you can give a wide range if you don't want to be I, specific. I, you know, I, I'll be I'll be very specific. <laughs> yeah. So like you don't have to have your own line of cigars, right? Like we did that because we really wanted to honor our parents, right? We did that, which cost us extra capital, right? Uh, but if if you discount that and you just talk building and you talk merchandise, you talk uh, initial inventory and you know minimum hundred fifty grand. And that's just a down. That's just counting a down start. payment for a building, not uh, the whole building, sure. right? So, right. especially a, which, which you would assume yeah. would be twenty five percent down, thirty percent down, somewhere along those right. Like 20% and down. and you're look. The problem with the building space is there's this is again goes back to the red tape. Finding a property was probably one of the more difficult things we did because you really want a standalone building that has its own AC and HVAC and. That doesn't impact anyone else because then you don't get into disputes. There's no air quality disputes. There's nothing, right? So, so then, then, so, so that narrows it down to like what, you know? There's like <laughs> five properties in all of Kansas City <laughs> that are standalone buildings that aren't, you know, $5 million. You know, like I can buy a standalone huge complex. Yeah, sure, but we can't afford that, right? So, uh, yeah, I'd say about 150 grand out the gate uh, to, from start to finish, and that's if you don't throw on all the extras. That's know. just for yeah for the yeah. building, not okay, so. not any furniture or right. Yeah. That's not even the furniture. Yeah. yeah, and so we're we we did a lot of you know we're, we're buying a lot of stuff new, but we're also doing a lot of scavenging. There's a lot of nice stuff out there, 
and we don't have to spend, you know, it's like, okay, if it's a $10,000 couch, I'd rather buy it used from Chicago for two grand and spend 500 bucks traveling. To ship it, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so we're really getting creative. So you have to get creative, creative. And be, be yeah. resourceful. Mark, marketplace, Facebook marketplace, all whatever. Okay. Yeah, all of it. So yeah. all, all as we're going through this, there's a million other things you guys have going on, right? Like we spend a lot of time talking about the, this business. Mm-hmm. You've got the book. Again, the real estate, the family, the baby, you know, jobs. How the hell do you guys have time to, to do all this? Where, where, where do you guys get help from other people? Watch the kids? You know, yeah. like, what, yeah. what, what, how funny. does that work? We do. We, uh, <laughs> we are very fortunate. So we have someone that helps us during the day uh, with the two kiddos, uh, Taylor. Um, she's like she's like family now. She's family. Yeah. yeah. We we stole her. Uh so <laughs> so she was working for the daycare that our son was going to and as as we got busier, right? So you think about the time. This is where it comes back to how you're spending your time and what you're spending your time on. So is it really value added for me to spend 40 minutes driving back and forth to drop off at daycare? And that's what or, we did. Because well, yeah. 40 minutes is not the 20 minutes it takes to get the kid in the car. Exactly, 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 exactly right? So, so, and I say this all the time. It's like it, it, we, sp- we were spending two hours between picking up and dropping off and getting ready every, at daycare. Every day, and yeah. I And I would say this all the time. It's like, honey, countries have been conquered in less time. Like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. You know, like we could be doing, you know how much we could be doing with this time? So, and as I got busier and I traveled more, we decided to steal Taylor ask her to quit her job and come work for us. And it has, that was a total game changer. I mean, total game changer. Um, and then, of course, uh, you know, we, we, we have our family that helps. And on occasion, you know, my, my brother Jesse, who, you know, this is his full-time job, the cigars. But on occasion, it's like, hey, bro, I really need you to, like, <laughs> I'm not home right now. I need you to take the trash out. <laughs> like, I really need you to go do that for me real quick. Whatever the case might be, right? It could be a number of different things. Right. And then her brother. Grandma. Uh, grandma's around. Yeah. Grandma's so, on vacation for, she's been. Two months now? Two months, but she's coming back here before mm-hmm. he deploys. So. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, and, and then you, ha- you, you the thing is, is you have to be ready to commit a really high personal output, right? So I, when I was writing the book, I'd work all day like Nayeli We'd take care of the kids. We'd put them down at uh, seven thirty eight. I would take a power nap, like from eight to nine. Yeah, and, and he'd I'd, be up till I'd work two until two three. in the morning, and then I go to sleep. And the kids are up, and we're doing it again. And this was you throughout know. whenever we had our second Nathaniel. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, so we had two of them <laughs> running around. You know, right. this guy was an infant, so I'm <laughs> up, still up all night. You know, so it's it, it's committing to, you know, I guess realizing it's not going to be. Easy. Easy. You you will have to sacrifice a, a lot of time and be okay with that. You have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. Plain and simple. Okay. Because the title of the book, right? Yeah. Kind of digs into that topic. Yeah. Uh, but before I get there, right? The the spending time on the book, and then also this is this business is going on at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. With the cigar, mm-hmm. you know, cherries, right? Mm-hmm. So was it? Working on both at the same time, or is this here for months? I don't. Or how, how, how did that it, divide it, up? It, it was kind of the same time, yeah. um, but you know, and there's a couple of things here because you know, I, you know, had the book already in my head even before I met Nayeli. Uh, so when we 
cooked up the cigar concept. Great. So now we need people to execute it. So when we brought Jesse in to execute the plan, right? And so then Nayeli and Jesse would execute the plan and I would write and support with decision-making and other, you know, know, anything that was like super critical, right? That maybe we shouldn't spend 25 grand on this. (laughs) He's really good at finances. (laughs) So then. I'm I'm not so good at that. I'm like, I want that. That'll look really great. He's like, whoa, whoa. I was like, yeah, that's literally 30 grand. Like you're not doing that. I'm sorry. Uh, And so, you know, but I, I started the book. I had this idea in my head because I, I needed to put, I had the idea because of a man I met on the train. And despite that we got busy, kids, life, you know, jobs, military, military got really busy. Uh, you know, I like to finish what I started. So I, I literally, I just, I remember I woke up one day and I said, God, I, I have to do this. I have to finish this, honey. I was like, I can't keep looking at this damn thing. It's a half-finished product. It's garbage. We have to finish it. So I literally was like, are you okay with me working from 9 to 2 in the morning every night for like six months? <laughs> it's like, you know. And, 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 and I, will, I would stop and I would take care of the babies and I would help, you know. He would. He... But it's something to be said, you know, not going to bed with your spouse for half a year is not necessarily good right like we have to come to terms with how we manage that so uh you know i i i had to finish that uh so when did that conversation happen of hey it's it's nine till two gosh uh when did you start going deep into when it when i was really it, dived in it would have been it, right bef- it was like months before nathaniel was born it was like jan like december january yeah yeah of it's like my son 23 22 okay mm. okay that I really and I had I had a lot of the meat and potatoes, the guts outline, things like that, but I needed to put a lot of depth in my story. Like the details of my childhood, the details of, of, of Ranger School, of can- my cancer journey, of everything. And so that's you know, yeah, I, I had a great outline. So talk about my cancer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there's there, there, there's a good uh, two chapters there of cancer, right? So um, I had to dive in, and we've had that conversation. Yeah, Christmas, uh, yeah, probably, probably Christmas uh, yeah. ish, and then, then we then of course, unfortunately, her father passed, so we took some time, and then I really dived in, uh, and then at the same time, I allowed them to build this, build the cigar brand, uh, while I continued to focus on that because my body, my mind, my soul needed that closure. Uh, and it was because, probably because of, I mean, Johnny Blue Hands, who, you know, if you read the, it's, he's one of the, it, the book is, is dedicated to a few people. Um, and one of the tributes is Johnny Blue Hands, who, you know, I met on the uh, Amtrak Southwest Chief coming from Chicago here to Kansas City. Because when I moved to Kansas City, I moved here on a train. <laughs> and uh, I know it's silly to me, but I love riding trains. I miss it. I try to do it as often as I can. It's a little more difficult now with kids, but uh, trains are just special. I'm not like a train enthusiast, but you get a chance to ride through America's backyard. And, you know, for, for me, there are like three kinds of people that ride the train. People like me, we, we enjoy riding the train. Just, yeah, it's nice. Do. 
then there are people that are literally moving across the country. Kind of also like me. You can move from L.A. to Chicago, no problem, on a train. Uh, and then the third kind of person, which is what keeps it really interesting, is everyone that's on the no-fly list. So if you want to have a good time, I'm serious, you can watch some crazy stuff unfold on a train. It's really intense sometimes. Uh, and I met, I met a guy named Johnny Blue Hands, and we talked for eight hours. And he was a 80-year-old black man, real clean, zoot suit looking, like, you know, think of old school blues, you know, got his fedora on, real clean cat. And uh, straight out of the Delta, Mississippi, he introduced himself as Johnny Blue Hands, and he said he's been riding America's trains his whole life playing pool in every bar in America. That was his purpose. He just played pool. He loved, build, you know, pool. So, uh, you know, that's where his blue hands, the chalk, that's where it came from. Mm. And we talked and we talked and we talked, and he's the one that convinced me. He said, Jason, you know, you're, you really have figured out how to live your life with eyes wide open. And he's, that's where the title came from. That's, uh, you know, that, that's really where the inspiration came from. And then I kicked it off, and I wrote, I would say, more than half that book has been written on an Amtrak train. The other half was written this past year while uh, we were doing everything else, and I'm sitting there on the couch at one in the morning, you know, mm. editing and, and reading and stuff. So, yeah. Anything else you want to share about uh, the purpose? What's, yeah, the, what's someone the, going to see or, or engage? So the, the, the book really is about learning to suffer, and by that we mean... Um, you know, we, we mean really owning your outcome, right? Being comfortable uh, with with being uncomfortable. As I said, it. Uh, you know, I think I think we think at this point now together, uh, we're all born some kind of broken, and we spend the rest of our lives healing. And you you really have to be intentional, right? About taking every single setback or or obstacle or sliding door and looking for the the way forward not uh you know not allowing it to defeat you and really take you down and and unfortunately you know this isn't you know the topics of resilience and mental toughness and those kinds of topics are not paramount in schools for young people even colleges and universities, right? So a lot of uh, young people aren't, aren't given the tool set to deal with major setback and major failure. And so, you know, for, for me, I never really had a choice. It was either survive or, or not, at least in my early years. So, um, you know, the, 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 the idea behind the book is that you, you have at least some added tools, some new tools to keep your eyes open no matter what comes at you so that you don't miss and skip a beat that you can. You know, a lot of people say, close your eyes and breathe, close your eyes and breathe. And, and I say, open your eyes and make a decision. Make a decision. You are out of time. You, you, you were out of time when the, when, it, when the shit hit the fan. So make a decision now and do something. Like, just do something. Uh, because it just it, it will it falls apart so fast and it takes for it takes three four five times to build back up, right? And it takes no time for it to kick your ass and fall apart. So that's really what we're trying to accomplish. And I think even with 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 I think what you know the messaging that will come from from Nayeli's book 
uh, you know, it's really, it's a different, it's, it's a whole different world being a, a nurse, especially amidst crisis and, and, and any, anywhere in the medical field. And so we're, we're trying to, to, I think that's the overall message is you are responsible uh, for what happens to you. You really are. And the thing about control and power and all that stuff in your life, like what really do you control, Joel, right? Like you control, I think, you control your name, right? And by that I mean your reputation. Mm-hmm. So you get, you really do control that. No, but who else, you know, yeah, somebody can slander you, but you know what you did and people that, you know, you know, but, and then you, you control your thoughts. You really control your reactions and that's, that's, uh, you know, you, you get to determine if this thing that's happening to me right now is going to be the end of me or not. That is something you control. I, I really do believe that. And I, I hope that, you know, I hope my words bring value to people's lives and can really help them build that tool set and really take the ownership that they need to look past the nonsense. It's like, man, you got no time. Really, in the grand scheme of things, you're no time. You really have to do something dramatic. <laughs> do something dramatic already and move out. You know, that's that's what we've been thinking and doing. Just do something dramatic and that's what we're trying to do. You know. Well, the thing that just stands out about this whole thing, this whole story, is that like you mentioned earlier about the book. The book has been inside you for a long time mm-hmm. and it yields its form to public view over a period of years and conversations and experiences. It's it's not in its full form here takes yeah. an evolution and, and all the things we're talking about the cigar bar the real estate it all takes time these things don't happen overnight no. even though you may see like on paper i'm going to see cigar <laughs> bar a book a book all maybe in a couple year time span yeah. and, oh they got they got it all figured out they're doing all these great things but it takes yeah. time to get there yeah it takes sacrifice especially yeah. when you have a family yeah. yeah yeah and that's really it it's this is where i come back to you know what are you spending your time on like what really, uh, you know, is bringing value. And that's one of the, you know, and I talk about this in the book um, about my cancer journey. And I learned a few lessons uh, along that journey. And one of them is that, uh, you know, I figured out whose shit I'm willing to eat and whose shit <laughs> I'm not willing to eat. Like I'm willing to eat my only shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you make those choices, you know, right? But I, I mean, probably, you know, like... Like if, like if you're not adding value to my life, like you have uh-huh. to leave now, please. Uh-huh. This is going to get physical. <laughs> One of the things that <laughs> I've personally struggled with, um, and I know people, many people, millions of people out there, is you you knew where you were going, right? Yeah. The time part that you put in, the hours you put in, when people are checking out and turning on the, you know, the, the TV to, to unwind, you are working because you had a very clear and purposeful vision. And getting there, obviously, is life's journey. But I think that's one of the things that people struggle with. And, you know, the whole saying of you can bring a horse to water where you can't make the horse drink. Mm-hmm. How do you get there if you don't have this other thing, perp- uh, failure, pain, struggle that's pushed you out of your comfort zone? That's something. So how, how would you how would you, just, you know, explain that or talk about that? Well, I, I would say that, uh, you know, there are obviously – whole communities of people that have never suffered a day in their life. And, you know, what I, what I talk about in the book is if that's the case, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. 
but uh, if if you're if you're comfortable on a daily basis, like that's your first self awareness trigger, right? Like you have to be self aware in that. And like, okay, I, clearly, uh, I'm like really comfortable. <laughs> this is great. Um, and then and then you know you 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 have to figure out at that point uh, that first you have to acknowledge and pretty much realize that if you're not growing, you're dying. And, you know, you have to be intentional about doing something dramatic and different and taking risks. So you have to literally look at yourself and say, look, okay, well, I, I, I'm not doing it. I mean, it's great. I'm, it's just, I might, I have a great job and I have a great salary and they provide benefits and, you know, I'm 25. Yeah, we, yeah. we both did, mm-hmm. you know, we we both have great careers, but I think both of us, you know, we, we didn't want to be complacent. And um, you yeah. talked about it a little bit earlier. We we want more in life. You know, we want we want to build our empire. So not just for our – we don't want to do better just for our kids, but for our – how do we say it? I mean, it's for our generation. I mean, you know, it's a generational impact. Years of generation. Yeah. So, you know, and I I didn't necessarily have this vision – I didn't know I was going to do this, you know. We, uh, one of the things I talk about in the book is that life is really a series of sliding door events. And, you know, for, first you get, you know, you, re, you have to have that gut check. Like, what really are you trying to do in this world? Like, what impact, what footprint are you leaving? And then after that, right, realize that there, life is a series of sliding doors. And so if, if you don't, jump through that door, right? You're not, you're, you're never going to know what was on the other side and it may never open again. Uh, and, and I, I do believe that jumping through that sliding door is the decision to be uncomfortable and take risk. And, and I mean, really something truly beautiful can come out of that. It, it, It may not. So what? So then you make a decision and you figure it out. Right, you did it with your eyes wide open, so you can do it again. You know, uh, and and that's really what we believe wholeheartedly. You mentioned kind of that generational wealth topic, and this is one that gets me fired up. N- not as much as a different topic, which is Gen Zs never owning real estate because the the wealth gap, the pricing gap, affordability gap. That's a whole different thing that gets me really fired up. But this this is one, the generational wealth passing things down kind of a thing. And, and what gets me fired up about it is the the numbers the dollars getting passed down that that is what it is but it's not really the full picture it's what it means mm-hmm. you know someone who's built a business who's gone through all the trials and tribulations of learning and learning and learning and learning and mm-hmm. failing all up upstream and, and getting past these things you can't teach that to the next person but you can put them in the environment put your kids in the environment to understand the entrepreneurial spirit the entrepreneurial Mm-hmm. mindset and and getting into these circles like there's a person that I just interviewed his name's Eric Wolwind and his 16-year-old is the COO of a real estate company. He's a millionaire. He's written several books like he got them engaged in yeah. these conferences early on and everyone was okay with it cuz he was paying for yeah. his own stuff. So it's like generational wealth it's not just a dollar, it's a mindset. It, it is. Absolutely is. And, and that's, that's what we would like to oh, see with our that's, three boys. Yeah. So I will tell you that uh we have no intention. I mean, she knows. I, I am not 
I am not easy on the kids, <laughs> even at three years old. You know, I'm like, nah, bro, we're not doing anything until you pick that up right now. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but not happening. But uh, yeah, that's exactly right, though. It is a mindset. And we think, you know, that our kids see us putting in the work. Yeah, we love to go on vacation. We love to enjoy. We, we have fun. We go to the park every night. You know, we're going to feed the, we're, we're doing those things. We're making time for that, that which brings joy to our life. But this too brings joy to our life because coming from where I came from, coming where your family came from and the struggles that your family had, like what we're doing is trying to prevent, I guess, you know, that kind of experience again. But uh, it's not the hand-me-down prevention, right? It's the you will work your ass off and that is okay. That is okay. That, that's that ha- that's the only way it's going to happen. There's no other way. It's just, there's no other way. So yeah, Xavier actually was able to attend one of the events, and he you know oh, he's yeah. in there helping and yeah. <laughs> trying to sell. Well, I, he was sell- well, he, he was not selling. He was helping. <laughs> he, was helping. <laughs> he was branding. He's <laughs> handing out cards, cards and <laughs> you know he asked for an email for the business, and he wants you know. He's passing out the book at school with teachers and, you know. So, so yeah, the mindset is very, very important. Not to go down a whole different rabbit hole, but, like, technology, AI, jobs, things are changing. What we're teaching in schools, we're teaching the same stuff in schools we were 100 years ago or 50 years ago, right? And you mentioned earlier about the uh, emotional IQ kind of a thing that goes into mm-hmm. dealing with failure and problems. And, and that's not really taught at all in schools. Mm-hmm. May, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but the entrepreneurial spirit, you know, helping, helping somebody or a business solve their problem and then creating value, maybe creating a profession or a job or a business. And as we're getting into more technology and AI, like we're going to need more people thinking at a higher level, not just a clock in, clock out, or else we're not going to be employed. Yeah, and so th- there are... There is a movement to introduce SEL, social-emotional learning, into schools today. That's something I write about actually a little bit uh, because the need has become so great right, to develop these kinds of life skills. Uh, and there's all these terms for it. You know, They call it social skills, non-cognitive skills, all these things. Um, so there is a small movement, but um, it's not necessarily widespread. Uh, and so to, so to your point, the schools that are really being successful are introducing, you know, our young people to those kinds of environments. And whether it's at, you know, the high school level or even the bachelor, you know, the, the undergrad level, uh, you know, they're, they're going to get that experience if they, if, if they choose to. So schools are offering. And we have uh, my brothers, uh, uh, Gabe and Noah, uh, so they're from my surrogate mother who raised me, essentially. Uh, it's interesting. We were talking about this the other day, but he is a freshman. Okay, in college. In yeah. college. Just started his own just business. Just launched a tea company, right? And like really freaking cool, you know? And, it, and, I, and I asked him, I said, well, what happened? He goes, well, our professor said, look, there's a bucket of money here that the school will help you legally if you put an idea together and if you can turn a profit by the end of the academic year, what? then isn't that amazing? Right. So it's like pretty friggin' cool. 
you know? So, 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 so then I'm talking to him. I, I was driving to Lawrence a couple weeks back, and I, it's an hour, 55 minutes to Lawrence from here. I spent the whole time talking to him. And it's interesting because he is now obsessed, addicted to this entrepreneurial mindset, right? Because I'm talking to him like, bro, all you're doing, I bet, all day is trying to figure out how to make it better, right? What to do better, mm-hmm. how to grow, how to scale, how, right? And I mean, the kid is 19, 18. Yeah. And <laughs> like, you know, he was just here a couple months ago visiting us and it's like, boom. So that, that's, that's hugely important, right? They ha- because what happens is, is you, you, you build a, a, a skill set that enables people to be critical thinkers and enables people to make decisions, right? Because that's, that's really like no plan survives first contact. It all goes out the window almost immediately. So then what you have to be good at is making decisions and moving quickly, mm-hmm. pivoting quickly and, and doing something smart about it. Uh, and maybe it's a dumb decision, but then you fix it and you do something and you keep moving. And that's what they're learning when they do that. So really, yeah, I mean, that's a great point. That's exactly right. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Coming back to, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. C- coming back to the book. Um, so I published, I self-published a book. It's on Amazon. And I just decided I was going to do it. Just decided, okay, just did it. Reached out to a couple people. Helped me get, you know, the last 20% done. Uh, got it on Amazon, made it into an international bestseller, whatever they do with their little gimmicks. Um, and so I've had people reach out to me asking me about, well, how did you do that? What was your process? Blah, blah, blah. Um, for, for your process, once it was, you know, getting to the point of being done, did you hire a publisher? Or like, what was the process that you went through to be able to get it to its current stage? Yeah, we hired a publisher who helped with uh, cover work, editing. So we did all the writing. Um, Naomi did a lot of the editing for me. And it's funny because like probably 50 different sets of eyes are on the book and I still find stuff. You know? <laughs> so I'm sure you did too, right? Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, we, we hired a, a, a publisher that helped with the market, well, the initial marketing, uh, the editing, the cover work, um, th- those kinds of things. Uh, and then uh, initial printing. So that was part of the package, if you will. Uh, and then, and then, uh, instead of like buying a huge package to, to do, you know, all these, uh, platform deals and all this stuff, I just, I literally just researched what does it take. And so there's like three big platforms that are out there right now that, uh, so obviously Amazon, Right, Kindle Direct Publishers is a major one. Uh, they're very easy. The like I did the ebook on my own in terms mm-hmm. of formatting and all that. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, a two other platforms, Ingram Sparks and Draft Two Digital. I'm not sure if you're mm-hmm. tracking those, so mm-hmm. we use those. And those are platforms that get your book into stores like Barnes and Noble online and all that stuff. Right, so. Um, and then, but the audiobook, so we, we weren't, I, I didn't even think about, I'm not going to lie, I didn't even think about an audio book. <laughs> uh, I really didn't. What? We, 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 we uh, did, she did. I uh, love uh, Yeah, she, books. yeah, I didn't even, didn't even like, didn't even cross my mind. Didn't even cross my mind. I don't know why. My head was so, it's like, oh yeah, audio. It was like, I got to find somebody. I'm not, I can't read it because I cuss too much. <laughs> and I, and I'd have to re, you know, so we ended up, uh, 
looking at a couple of companies that do that. And they all came back seven, eight grand, you know. It's like, ah. So we, fortunately, once we initiated marketing on Facebook, I had an old friend of mine reach out. Uh, His name is Michael Stadler. And he said, hey, uh, cool, congrats on your book. Did you know I have a studio and that I have like 30 audiobooks on Amazon? I was like, I had no flipping idea, man. And so he offered to, uh, which he did. He he said, hey, I'll, I'd love to read your book. And we went back and forth on editing and how to read it, you know, the kind of uh, aura to present, et cetera. And, yeah, I mean, he he did it for basically next to nothing for cost. Uh, so he coached you on how to do it or he actually no, no, read it? He read himself. it. He read it. It's narrated by Michael Stadler. Yeah. And it's really cool. Wow. Like he did such an amazing job. Highly recommend him to anybody. Okay. Uh, Michael okay. Sadler is just dope. He's such a good dude, uh, and really, really, uh, really did a great job for us. So. And he got it out there really quick too. Yeah, he was a quick turn. You know, easy process. You know, he records, sends it to me. I have to listen. I have to read the book while I'm listening because then I find the errors. You mm-hmm. know, and we go back and forth and we do all that. And I don't know. It was only a couple of months. Before the audiobook was out there, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, having all those versions definitely oh, helps. Yeah. yeah, it helps dramatically. Yeah. Um, people yeah, people love it. So So when is your book when would you project your book to be in its yeah, complete form? When I would mm. say I wanna know too. <laughs> <laughs> that is challenging with having two little ones and then, you know, Jason deploying here in in yeah. December and January, but uh I'm hoping towards before before 2024 is over. Oh, okay. Gonna, a little bit at a time. Two, two minutes a day. Yep, absolutely. Day. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it'd be ideal, right? I mean, and, and I, I think that that's one of the things, honey, that will really help you keep busy well. I mean, kids are I, enough. <laughs> I know, okay. But, but you know, you'll, you'll see that as, as, the, as the year goes on, I guess this is what we've, I've mentioned this to you before, but it just triggered a thought. As the year goes on, the issue with writing, and I'm sure you've had this, is every single day that passes, there's new content. So where do you stop, right? And where do you stop telling a story? And and where do you draw the line in the sand? And so that's something that's going to be, I think, difficult. You have to determine when do you draw the line in the sand and say, this is, you know, otherwise, you know. Yeah, I I need to get it out there. He's really been uh, encouraging me to... It would do well, more of it, so. I, I hated every second of the process. Did you? Every second of it because, you know, in my industry, like, we're getting crushed. There's no inventory. Yeah. You know, we're not doing business. And so it's like every second that I'm spending on this is seconds that I could be spending on something else. And so, like, I knew, I knew that I wanted to get it done, and this stuff is not easy for me. It takes a lot of energy to focus on the stuff, so that I, I did not enjoy any, any bit of it. Um, but the reason I, I burned it up, in, in amongst all the other things is that like one of the questions I've asked a lot of people is, you know, you do all these things. There's people around you, friends, family, colleagues, people in your sphere that are seeing somebody do these incredible things. You know, do you see people around you, you know, that gravity of what you're, what you're creating, does it rub off on somebody else around you? Do you see somebody that, Oh, if they can uh, do definitely. it, I can do it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I would say for us, it probably started with Wes uh, he just started coming around and, and, you know, like, he's a good friend of ours. It's like, what, how'd you do it? And then, like, literally, like, two weeks later, he had an LLC. 
And then two weeks after that, he had branding. And then two weeks after that, he had a business plan and the whole thing, you know. And so, and he spent, I mean, he was two, two nights a week just talking about what and how we did. Trying to learn, you know, and so yeah, I, I think that that's exactly right. What's what's his lane or what's his? So niche he, he's or an industry? engineer. He's an engineer by trade, so he does custom uh, electronics, custom uh, design work for people. So like, if you, it, it doesn't matter. He comes in and def- and figures out what kind of problem you might have and then how to solve it. So if if Bliss Books and Wine wanted a really cool sign for this office that maybe maybe every time we talked lit up, that would be his lane. You know, just whatever. Cre- exactly right. Like yeah. may- maybe anytime you set away. I mean, it, whatever, right? It, it, and, and and he he does those things. So he he did a he did a uh, um, a breathing technique machine custom for a, 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 a therapist office here in Kansas City that uh, like literally interacted with the person. It was really cool. Just. That's what the, the the lady just described what she wanted, and he went and engineered it and figured it out. So that's what he's good at. That's awesome. Uh, so yeah, and, and I, he just kicks it off. <laughs> so really proud of him. Um, we we have a friend who's a nurse practitioner, and she just launched her own telehealth business as mm-hmm. well. Um, but also Xavier, I mean, that sparked a lot of interest. Yeah. He asks a lot of questions, yeah, and people are constantly asking questions. Xavier is. Um, I did, I had no idea our, you know, uh, Kennedy's brother was into marketing and all of a sudden he saw us and he starts talking to us and trying to figure out what to do. So yeah, I, I think it does carry some weight, some gravity because people want, you know, y- you hope at least, but mm-hmm. I mean, people certainly want to see that. Yeah. You know? Cause some of the answers have been very much the opposite with some of the people. And maybe, maybe it's just dynamics or who the circle is and whatever, but like I've seen that a lot where. People just either they don't think it's possible, or they're just stuck in their bubble, or stuck in their comfort zone, or whatever the reason is. And they just yeah, I, I see it too, and I, I I see both sides, and I think that some people just they're just like, man, that's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. We've been told I that really a lot with like my Netflix show. Mm-hmm. We do too. You know, we're we're waiting for Wednesday to come out. You know, so we can watch <laughs> it too, right? But, yeah, but uh, there, I think a lot of people, you know, when they ask us, I think they're scared to take risks or that's exactly right and so what i tell people and i i tell people all the time i'm doing what i do right now so i can do what you can't later right because when i when when i put my feet up when we put our feet up yeah we're going to put them up right (laughs) and uh that's that's it right i don't i don't you know i don't want to be struggling right past 60 years old i want to be I want to be helping, spending time with my family, helping other people grow and, yeah. you know, th- those kinds of things. So, And know. we definitely enjoy right now, but a lot of time, I mean, we don't don't really go out a whole lot. You know, we take care of our kids. If we go somewhere, it's it's with our kids. And Yeah, I mean, we were at the Ronald McDonald House Kansas City Gala a couple of weeks ago. We had a great time, represented. We were party sponsors there. So we may... Do something for Halloween. We're not sure yet. We usually throw these really big, like awesome parties, but this year because I'm deploying, we decided to just take it easy, take the kids trick or treating, relax, and mm-hmm. you know. Speaking of entertaining, the the thirty thousand cigar, you know, uh, mansion you built in the, in the house, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> that house you guys still own? Yeah, we is that a, is yeah. that a rental or is that no? Primary? We live there. That's when you live there. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, okay. okay, so we actually, I mean, people do. 
smoke back there. Uh, we have <clears throat> really great filtration systems back there. We have two of them. And, you know, sometimes it's, uh, you know, it's funny because uh, some days it's like, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, I'm smoking a cigar. <laughs> some days it's a cigar, uh, sunroom, I'm sorry. Yeah. Some days yeah. it's a cigar lounge. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, it depends. But <laughs> do, you, do you get cell service back there? <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's nice. So, uh, but yeah, we, we spend a lot of time back there. We, 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 uh, she said earlier, I love to host. She loves to host too. We just are taking it slightly easy this year with my upcoming mobilization. So we spend more time as a unit than we do taking care of everyone else's units. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So you guys have a lot going on, a lot coming up. So the completion of the lounge, Mm -hmm. your book's going to be ready by January, 2024. Is that what we said? I'm just, I'm just May, yeah, yeah, January. Yeah, in due time. So, yeah. So, yeah. Maybe mid, mid uh, 2024, hopefully. Mm-hmm. 2025, give yourself some space. Right. No, no big deal. <laughs> yeah. um, what's what's the, the one thing that stands out that like, you just can't wait for coming up? Well, I mean. <clears throat> besides, besides some of the obvious things. J- Jason, to come, come, come back, back safe, safe from. Come, come home. I want to come yeah. home. You know, we don't, you know, I think, I, I think, uh, It'd be really cool to see Nathaniel walk before I leave, but I don't know that that's going to happen. Um, you know, I would really like to smoke a cigar in our own lounge before I leave. That'd be dope. <laughs> I don't know. You know, there things are so things are changing so rapidly in the Middle East right now. They can accelerate us. They can delay. You know, but and then of course it's just getting through that effort and coming home on time, coming home in one piece bringing my soldiers home in one piece. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm the commander of the unit that, so I'm responsible for a lot of a lot of soldiers and bringing them home safely too. So, so yeah, and then, you know, <clears throat> but all, out of all of that, we are still responsible for planning 2025 and 2026 and what that looks like, right? So <clears throat> can we break 1.5 million in 2025? 2026. I think we can. I really do think we can. In yeah. in which lane? In this, in just the cigars. In cigars. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Damn. I think we can. And uh, you know, it's it's not out of the question if we just put the work in. And, and, and you know, it's 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 going to happen. I'm I'm not going to say I'm not worried. I am going to say I am. Uh, I'm just. Uh, my mind is occupied with a number of different things, right? So I am I am very excited to see, as I leave, unfortunately, what Naeli and Jesse do. Well, I, I will be literally out of capacity, right? So I want to, I'm, I'm excited because they, they, they are the, she's the creative genius behind any new idea that comes. And then we have to drive Jesse to execute Right, so I like I literally consider my work done. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've done it. Well, that's it. Well, you guys, because there's nothing that there's no more creative creativity that comes out. It's like, look, I just want a cigar and I want a seat, so it's cool. Well, the thing about it is not to bring up sports. I'm a sports guy, but like, you know, James Harden is a great basketball player. He was on a great team with Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant, and they go to the finals in 2012 or whatever year it was. And James Harden was an afterthought. No one, no one. He was a good player, role player, whatever, mm-hmm. and then he gets his own opportunity on his own on a different team to be the guy, 
and just yeah. becomes MVP. So Jesse is going to have to become the MVP. Right? Yeah, yeah. Jesse is going to have to because, because <laughs> ideally, you know, if, if we could if we could have Nayeli quit her job too, right? But we can't yet. Like we're like that would be the most ideal thing. Like every you know, but uh, we, we especially with the mob, it's like no, we need every safety net we have, uh, and that's fine, right? Like that, that, that's not that's not uh, us being risk averse. It's being smart about re, you know doing as much as possible to bring in as much income as possible, whether it's personal or business. And then when I get home, then we can make some decisions. It's like, all right, if we break our revenue goals in 2025, yep, you better quit that freaking job. <laughs> no, you can consult and nurse and do whatever you want to do, but come on, right? You really, right? We all want to flip. And I, I certainly plan to flip completely. So to the discontent of some, I'm sure, but, you know, it's good for us. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to... Um, yeah. I, I would love to see us, you know, make some more locations, new Sherry's locations. Yeah, that is the plan uh, ho- in 26, 27. Yeah. New property, new locations. What's so. the one thing that has to happen in 24? Is it a connection? Is it a relationship that just accelerates the needle? I would say 2024, the one thing that has to happen is uh, membership growth and uh, brand recognition here in Kansas City. We want people to to recognize us and come to us and say, you look oh you want to you gotta go to this spot. There's a lot of spots, but go to that one. Right. So that that's the that is the we need that level of engagement in every possible event, you know, morning, noon and night across Kansas City. Uh among some other professional marketing and things like that, but you don't need to have a $100,000 marketing plan, right? You just got to go to the people and go where they're smoking and build that relationship. So it's relationships over 2024. Yeah, we need revenue. Yes, we need sales and we need memberships, but uh, getting being recognized as the place to be in Kansas City for cigars is what's going to be 20. That's going to be, it's going to make or break us. Mm Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, we we think so. We're pumped. <laughs> so uh, again, do do you guys get any sleep? I, I mean, seriously. Uh, on occasion, yeah, <laughs> it every, depends. Every now and then. <clears throat> I mean, Nate's doing really good sleeping. Finally the night. started sleeping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he has his episodes, but uh, you know, the, the the thing about sleep, and this is <clears throat> obviously very important. Okay, do not lose. You know, but. <clears throat> When you are working on an idea that is so, you know, that just... you love, you get right. excited about it it. It, it, it. it makes your hair stand up when you think about it, right? It's, like, I remember I could just, and I still do, you roll out of bed and you're like, okay, I only have three hours of sleep, let's go. Because we, like, you, you, you that uh, inertia is there and that high output personal energy is there, right? Because that... That idea is so important to your soul. Right? It makes your heart sing. You you literally like yeah, sleep. I got it. But and you need to take care of yourself absolutely. But sometimes it just doesn't happen that way, <laughs> and, and you just have to get up and go put the work in. You know, and that's that's something we're I would say ninety. I'll give us a ninety-five percent at being good at. Sometimes it's like <laughs> nah. 
five more minutes. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're up a lot late at <laughs> yeah. night and just, you know, thinking of new ideas or. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I struggle with that. All the logistics of all the businesses too. Or, or yeah. he'll get up in the middle of the night and then he'll tell me the next morning, oh, I was up uh, for an hour and I had this brilliant idea. I'm <laughs> like, this is awesome. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. write it down. Let's well, do that, it. That's exactly it. Right? I write it down and I, I always carry a pen and paper on me and, and you know, yeah, sometimes I get up and I'm sitting there for an hour with Nate, three o'clock in the morning. I might as well think of something. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I, it's, it's just, always going. It's yeah, always. You may as well. Always like, going. Yeah, so I, that's the way we So Sherry's Lounge, mm-hmm. they can find you on all platforms. Yep. The book, they can, Eyes Wide Open, they can find. Amazon. Learn, learn to Suffer. Can, yep, they can, uh, the website for the book is learntosuffer.com. And you can buy it at that website or you can buy it on Amazon, Audible. You can buy it on Barnes & Noble, you know, all, all that stuff. So. If somebody has a question, what's the best place? Is it a ma- uh, messenger on one of the platforms? What's the best and place to get we you? We are very responsive. Uh, if somebody has a question, they can call me directly. They have, you know, you're welcome to list my number. or Social we media. Can, Social media, yeah. probably best. Um, yeah, cool. so, so yeah or, phone, or phone numbers, mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're here. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. We're I can't here. wait to yeah, see what's coming. We're excited. Yeah. Yeah, we're pumped. We're we're putting the work in and we think the result, you know, we know the result is going to be really really cool. Like we're we're already achieving and it's just just keep going. You know, we, we, it's great stuff coming. So, yeah. All right, we're going to have to do it again cuz yeah, we're only 4 hours gonna, away. So, we're going to need a follow-up cuz uh <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of the Strive for 25 podcast. If you're ready to jumpstart your financial journey and take it to the next level, you may want to join our 30-day habit challenge, which you can find on our website, strivefor25.com, strive, F-O-R, the number 25.com. You can also follow us on YouTube and Instagram by searching strive for the number 25. And if you have any questions, and want to reach out to us, you can also connect with us on our website. Thank you so much.